This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and good episode for you guys here today. I got an email here from a woman that's asking about how long do you hold a swing trade for? And that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. Now, of course, there's no exact answer to that, but I can also give you some pretty good time frames to help you with understanding how long you should be holding a winning trade. How long should you be holding a losing trade for? And we'll get into all of that, maybe even some examples and more. And for this episode, the good Florida redneck name she gave it to me is Ruby Ann. Ruby Ann, solid redneck name. Sounds like a name that you get down in the Okeechobee area. That's like South Florida, but like right in the middle of the state. Yeah, I flew an airplane into Okeechobee one time. They had like frogs the size of your head. I kid you not. And I flew in there on like a uh, little two-seater airplane. Scary as anything. There was no runway lights. It was in the middle of the night. Crazy stuff. I promise I wasn't drug running. <laughs> Any case, Ruby Ann writes, Ryan, I don't believe you would use this on your podcast for this simple fact that it is a very short, easy one question email. Ah, but you are wrong. But if you do, I would love to be called Ruby Ann or Norma D. That's country enough, right? Actually, I'm going to use Norma D for the next person. Anyways, I am super excited to have subscribed to the trading block. After reading your introduction email, I have just one question. How long on average are your swing trade plays? I have gone back and looked at some of the calls you have made. The price targets look like they are typically ones that would take a while, although it looks like you start scaling out prior to meeting that target. I am also wondering just how much capital I should tie up and risk with the swings. I don't have a huge account, only $9,000, and I am used to day trading. I would really like to get into swing trading as it is less stressful and not as demanding as day trading and scalping. Thanks so much for all you do. I've gone from your podcast to your Twitter account to Patreon to Trading Block. Oh, yeah. Have a good day. Best, Ruby Ann. Okay, before I answer her email, the bourbon of choice is High Whiskey American Prairie Bourbon. Now, in the past, I have actually done another High West Whiskey before. It was the High Whiskey Double Rye. I gave it like a 6.6. But when I try this one, this is the High West Whiskey American Prairie Bourbon. Two different kinds. Somewhat of a peppery taste. It's smooth, but it's not extremely flavorful. There's a lot of rye. I taste a lot of corn, a little bit of caramel. I would give this a 7.0. I just don't think I can go any higher than that. It's a little bit of a rookie score given the flat number, but 7.0 is as high as I can give. I don't think it's a 6.9 because I feel like at that point I'm getting into some less than desirable whiskeys. I do think that this is a sippable whiskey, but it's not necessarily the one that I would go after first. I think 
There's plenty of whiskeys out there that are very sippable on the weekdays that are enjoyable, and you can probably get them cheaper for this High West Whiskey Bourbon. But let's get back to Ruby Ann's email. So the whole thing about how long on average are your swing trade plays or how long should you hold a swing trade for? Well, again, a lot of times I like to take it from more of the macro perspective and then drill down to the micro level. So from the macro level, what I will tell you is more of a concept. And that is I like to let my winners run and cut my losers short. I want to let my winners run as long as possible, but I want to lose very quickly. I don't want to stay in a losing trade for very long, but I want to win slowly. I want a stock that will last me one, two, maybe even three months. Now, three-month swing trades are very difficult to come by. Why? Or anywhere near three months is because of earnings. So unless I get right in after their earnings report and then I hold it until the next earnings report, it's very difficult to get beyond three months for me because one of my main rules in trading is, is I don't hold stocks through earnings. I think it's a loser's game to play earnings. A lot of you guys probably do it or have done it. I've done it before. But I can tell you from my experience, trading earnings is a great way to lose enormous amounts of capital instantly. And the reason why, when it comes to swing trades and the duration of swing trades, why I won't hold through an earnings announcement is because, yes, a stock can go up, a stock can go down from an earnings. Maybe it stays flat or it goes up a penny or two, but that's not the norm. Usually it's a very volatile swing. Now, the bigger the market cap, It tends to be a little bit less swings, but for the very volatile plays, for your mid caps, small caps, and even a number of large caps, those earnings plays can be enormous. I've seen them drop as much as 50% at times. Now you get to some of the more reputable plays, a big swing might be 9 to 15%, but that's still a huge swing. I don't want to play that kind of a swing. I don't want to be up 10% on a trade and all of a sudden be flat because of an earnings report. So I don't play the earnings at all. I don't play Apple. I don't play Facebook. I don't play Amazon. I won't play Caterpillar, Bank of America, you name it. I don't play any of them. And we're talking about swing trades. Now, investing is different because if you're going to invest, you're investing for the long term, and that requires you to go beyond a swing trade duration. I consider a swing trade up to three months. An investment tends to be after that. Obviously, I'm not going to consider an investment four months. There's a little bit of a black hole there between four months to a year. But after a year, it becomes an investment, especially to the IRS, because that's where your long-term capital gains start to kick in. But there are swing traders that will hold beyond three months. But I also think that they're playing with a lot of fire there because they're inserting a lot of risk that cannot be managed because earnings cannot be managed appropriately. Look, you can have a good earnings report and a bad reaction. You can have a bad earnings report and a good reaction. So even if you nailed the earnings correctly, you say, hey, they're going to be earnings, they're going to be revenue estimates, they're going to be earnings estimates, they're going to have good guidance, the stock may still trade lower. So you basically need to be not only right on what the earnings are going to be, but you also have to be right on the reaction. So there's multiple variables that you have to be right on. And let's face it, as individual traders, we don't have the resources or the capital to be able to talk to the CEOs, to talk to their finance department. We are not calling China to find out what sweatshop out there is talking to someone about the Apple production. As individual traders, as retail traders, we don't have those resources. 
we don't have the resources to, to send somebody out into every Home Depot in America and count the number of cars that are going into the parking lot and leaving it every day and comparing it to the previous quarter. So don't trade the earnings. That's one of my biggest rules of trading. Of course, stop losses are huge. Managing the risk is huge, but also part of risk is not holding a stock through earnings when you're a swing trader. Okay, so Ruby Ann didn't necessarily touch upon earnings reports, but it's important for you to know why I don't hold a stock beyond three months in terms of swing trading because I don't play the earnings reports. But I would say my average winning swing trade, and it's two different things. My average winning swing trade can be anywhere from a couple of weeks all the way up to a couple of months. That's about the window there. I want to hold it as long as I can because if I have capital that's tied up in a winning trade, that's a good thing. That means that I have capital tied up that's continuing to increase in value. Now, a losing trade, I want to be out of that as soon as I possibly can. That doesn't mean the first downtick, I'm out of the trade. No, what it means is that I want my stop loss to be at such a place to where I know very quickly whether or not I'm going to be right or wrong on a trade. That's why I like to place my stop loss as close to my entry point as possible. But I don't want to make it so close to where if there's this natural up and down movement in the stock that it's going to stop me out. I want it to break some key support. So when I'm looking for a good entry price, I want it to be a good entry price relative to where I'm placing the stop loss at. And that stop loss has to be placed below a key support level. And I show a lot of people this kind of stuff. I show it to them in swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That's my Patreon account that's associated with this podcast. Check it out because each and every week I'm providing you guys with my watch list to guide you in the week ahead. I'm going to send you that for both bullish and bearish stocks. I'm also going to send you out my daily trade setups that I'm watching. Also, the most intriguing charts of the day, the setups that I like. And on top of that, I'm going to give you guys weekly updates on all the FANG stocks, plus Microsoft, plus Tesla, and updates on the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, the NASDAQ 100, plus the indicators that I watch. You can get all of that at swingtradingthestockmarket.com. And in the process, you're going to support this podcast and its future growth. So check that out. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Now, why do I want to lose quickly? Because I don't want to be tied up in a losing trade. One of the most recent trades that I took was in MasterCard, and it stressed me out to no end. And I'll tell you why. The stock wouldn't do anything. I got into this stock on May 21st, which was more than a month ago. And it literally took me about three weeks for me to finally close out this trade. I don't like having a losing trade that lasts three weeks. I like a losing trade that lasts a week, maybe a couple of days. If I'm going to be wrong on a trade, I want to know fast. But this MasterCard trade that I was in, MA, I don't have to get into the charts to tell you exactly what was going on with it. You can visualize it. It had a nice rising trend line. I got in on it because I thought it was testing the trend line. It was holding the trend line and it started to bounce. And I said, okay, this is my guy. I'm going to play this bounce. Well, it just hugged that trend line forever. People in the chat room were asking, Ryan, what are we going to do about this MasterCard? It's not doing anything. I was like, I agree. I don't think it's doing anything either, but it's not doing anything wrong as well. It just kind of keeps trading sideways to slightly lower, but it's not violating that stupid trend line. And it was irritating me because ultimately I lost 1.9% on the trade. Not a lot of money, okay? It's not a lot in the big scheme of things. Small loss. I kept raising the stop loss, but it would never stop out. And it was bothering me because I want to be out of a losing trade as soon as possible. And here I am three weeks into it. Probably one of the longest losing trades that I've had over the past couple of years. I guarantee you it's a top five. But it just simply would not break down. And finally it did and it took me out. But that capital was tied up for three weeks in a losing trade. And that bothers me. 
But the worst thing that you can do is have these like really big stop losses, like 10 to 20% large. And then all of a sudden you're stuck in this trade for two to three months when you could have taken that same capital and put it in a winning trade. It's so important to avoid long-term losing trades or just swing trades that take far too long. That's why I hate hearing about traders who fail to use a stop loss and then all of a sudden the stock blows through what could have been an ideal stop loss area, but they didn't use a stop loss and now they're bag holding for the long-term. It's bad enough that you're losing a lot of money on the trade, but it's also bad that your capital is tied up in a losing trade that you can't move on to the next trade. That's your opportunity cost. I studied economics in college. One of the best things that I learned about wasn't supply and demand. It was opportunity cost. And I didn't even quite get it. It seemed like a stupid concept at first. It probably wasn't until after I got out of college and traded stocks more heavily that I understood the opportunity cost. And the opportunity cost is the next best thing that you could be doing. Whether it's an activity that you're doing, there's an opportunity to that. Every activity or action that you take, there's an opportunity cost. And there's an opportunity cost when it comes to the stock market. The opportunity cost in a losing trade is the fact that you could be in a winning trade, but you're stuck in a losing trade. So your duration in losing trades needs to be quick. You need to get out of losing trades as fast as possible. And yes, I do scale out of my winning trades because I want to capture profits along the way. If I'm going to be in a trade for a while, if I'm in it for like a couple of weeks or a, even a week, I want to make sure that that money to some degree is churning out some profits for me. The worst thing I can do is be in a stock for two weeks. I'm up 10% on the trade and all of a sudden they have a bad news event or something that, that really rocks the stock and I'm down 5% on the stock. And that doesn't really happen. But it could. All it takes is one bad headline. So when I'm up on a stock, yeah, I'm going to need to scale out a little bit. And the other question that Ruby Ann asks is how much capital should she tie up in the swing trades? She only has a $9,000 account. So does that mean she should use all $9,000 on one swing trade? I wouldn't think so, but I'm not Ruby Ann either. What I always tell people is, is that, look, we're in a world now today and it's great. It's a commission-free environment. When I was trading back in the day in 2000, they were charging like 20 bucks to get into a trade. 20 bucks. You really had to be right on your trades. You could not afford to be wrong because it was 20 bucks to get in, 20 bucks to get out. But now we are in a world, and I never thought I would ever even see the day. I never thought when I was trading 10 years ago, we would see a day where trading was commission free. But here we are. And so we have so much opportunity now to grow as traders because we're not hampered by all this extra cost that hits us. Yes, there's IRS, there's all that stuff. But just from a simple trading standpoint, we can trade small accounts and be successful. I would look beyond the fact that you're trading $9,000. Don't look at the fact that you're only trading $9,000. Look at the fact that you have an account, that you have a portfolio. How much are percentage-wise are you willing to allocate to each trade? Maybe it's 20%, maybe it's only 10%. If it's 20% and you're comfortable with it, there you go. You have about $1,800 that you're putting on each trade. And you can win with that. If you make 10% on the trade, guess what? You made $180. And that's a good thing. It's not about the dollars, okay? It's about successfully managing your account, successfully managing trades, managing trades from cradle to grave, making sure that you're scaling out, Yes, if you're only getting into a trade that has like 10 shares, you can take half the shares off the table on your initial profit-taking measure and then let the rest of it run wild and then eventually close it out because you raised that stop loss and it finally took out that stop loss maybe 15 to 20% higher. But you got to make sure that you are managing your portfolio 
to the same degree that you would manage it if it was a $100,000 account or a million dollar account. $9,000 is, is a lot of money. So don't squander it. Don't look at it as a small portfolio. Look at it as, hey, this is my portfolio. This is what I've been giving. Maybe I'll have more money in the future that I can add to it. But for now, it's $9,000. I am going to manage it just like it was a million dollar portfolio. Because if you don't take the $9,000 seriously, you're doomed to lose it. Okay, take it very, very serious. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to make sure that you're subscribed to it, but please send me your questions. I love these questions, especially the ones that like Ruby Ann just sent me. She has an earnest, sincere question. She gave it to me. I was excited and enthusiastic about answering it. It was a question that we could all relate to. Send them to me at ryan at shareplanner.com. Also, Make sure to leave me some five-star reviews because, guys, there's people that want to see me fail. So I appreciate you guys and your support for this podcast. It means the world to me. It really does. I brag about you guys all the time, and I'm just amazed by how much you guys have embraced me on this podcast over the years and continue to, to do that going forward. Make sure to leave a good review. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.